Welcome to the Bass and Brews podcast, your weekly distraction from other high-quality podcasts. And now, your host, Alice from Swamp Rat Fishing, and the co-hostess with the mostest, the Jabberhammer, Paul Roberts. Skiddly do a pill. What is that? Is that the evolution of the heyo? Now it's skiddly boo bop. It's doo dop, but you know, I mean, you gotta add a little bit of something extra in with the heyo. It's you know, we've been doing it so long, get so old. We gotta make it a little more. We gotta, as my son would say, we gotta pice it up. I like that. You know, uh, you mentioned we've been doing it so long. Here's a uh, fun fact for everybody. We are about. At the time of this releasing, we're about a week away from three years, Paul. Well, I, I, I'm i a little behind you, so I think my first episode was in Ju- the towards the end of July, 1st of August. Yeah. But, I mean, as a whole, Bass and Brews, it's like, uh, I believe it's April. I think it's my birthday. April 27th, I think, is the three is, is the birthday year. Like, we didn't celebrate 100 episodes, but uh, we should probably think of something to do for three yeah. years well yeah you asked me about that and i said no nah, to hell with them 100 200 day we're gonna celebrate the bass and brews birthday we yeah give a damn about them numbers we we also, care about the birthday also i'm an idiot it's not three years it's two years <laughs> i don't know why i hey, tried to age us more hey it's it's okay you know two three it don't matter <laughs> well all right so so we've got you know sometimes we like to have non-bass fishermen on board right we like to have some non-bass fishermen on the show. We've got Eric Anglers. tonight. And Eric reached out to me via IM, and I was like, nope, we've got to have this story. So he just got done fishing the Amazon, and that's who we have on this week. We've got Eric. He's going to tell us about fishing for monster peacock and a ton of other fish that would probably bite your dingling off if it had the chance. So, <laughs> Hey, hey, what is IM? instant message <laughs> see now you really are dating yourself don't nobody call it no i am anymore it's called it's called slide into the dms alex oh you're right you're right I, yeah, listen listen the beard makes me look old and now i feel old so well hey you got to be on your top of your game tonight because this is my third podcast recording in the last three days uh i just got done completing a first week of grueling work at the new job so honestly it's up to eric well good thing that he's <laughs> home because watching that video just i could close my eyes and i pictured me being down in the amazon fishing getting chased by the amazonian woman tribe and all that uh-huh. but i don't think that happened if it did he didn't put it on the camera smart man Smart man. <laughs> Left that Eric, how out. are you, man? Good guys. Hi, good. Doing well tonight. Have, thanks for having me on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hey, uh, so why don't you introduce yourself to the uh to the loyal but fickle uh group of bass and brews uh listeners out there? Yeah, sure. Um, hey everybody. Um, I'm Eric. I uh primarily am a um I'm a northeast guy. Um and uh you know, I've heard a couple north I think I've heard some Northeast guys on some past episodes of your show, yep. um, but I'm I'm one of them. I'm a, I'm primarily a saltwater guy, although at various points of my fishing life, I've done uh, fresh and salt. Um, but I would say in the last uh, five to ten years, it's been 
probably 90% salt and uh, a little bit of fresh. But there was a period of time where where, and, where I lived in Pennsylvania. I, I do live in Pennsylvania, but um, while I was living near some of the best trout streams in the state and uh, I got fully immersed in, uh, in, the, in the, I'm a, I'm a fly fisherman as well. I, I'll do, I, I'll do anything. Um, I'm not one of those fly guys who, who will never put bait on a hook or pick up a spinning rod. I do everything. Um, but there was a time where I lived near some, some great trout waters and I was fully immersed in the, in the fly fishing for trout and that whole thing and the insects and, and tying flies, little, little size 18 and size 20 little bugs. And mm. I did that for a long time. And now I'm kind of the opposite end of the spectrum with, uh, bigger saltwater species. Uh, I do enjoy fly fishing for, for, uh, whatever I can in the salt. Um, but like I said, do bottom fishing, jigging, uh, artificial top water, you know, but it's, it's primarily salt water now. And, um, you know, my family fortune, I'm fortunate that we like to travel a lot. Um, we like to see new places. So I always try to work in, uh, fishing trips wherever we go. Um, just got back from, we were just in Key Largo last week, actually for the kids spring break. So I did all kinds of fishing there. Um, one of the, one of my favorite things to do, um, a lot of what I, um, I did a lot of it in college, actually. I went to college in Florida and one of my things is golf course fishing. Um, <laughs> yes. And the golf courses are a great place to fish as long as you, you know, don't are, get caught. Well, respectful of the golfers and, and watch yourself because if you get in the wrong place, you're in danger of getting hit with a flying golf ball. Um, but uh, all throughout college, I had grandparents that lived on a golf course in South Florida, and I knew my way around the golf course. I knew where to fish, on which side to fish to avoid golf balls. Um, those were those were almost got no pressure. Um, largemouth bass caught my far, caught my first largemouth bass on a golf course. Uh, golf course water hazard. Um, so I did some of that when we were in Key Largo. I was I actually took my son to play nine holes when we were when we were there. And one of these holes had a small water hazard, not not huge. My son hit a ball in the water and I went over with to the bank with him to see if we could find the golf ball. And I see a little, I don't know, 16, 18 inch tarpon right there on the bank. And the light bulb went off in my head. I said, I'm coming back here tomorrow morning before there's any golfers out. Right. <laughs> and hey, I, I'm surprised you didn't have a you didn't have a little short travel rod or something in your golf bag. <laughs> I, that's that's not a bad idea, but we had to keep pace because there was golfers behind us. But uh, <laughs> but I did. I went back the next morning, and uh, in the in that 20, 30 minute span I had be between sun coming up and the golfers uh, starting, um, I, I caught uh, three or four baby tarpon, uh, jumped a few others, and got, got back in my golf cart and and uh, and took off and started my day. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway. That's where that's where all that's where a lot of your first YouTube viral fishing content came yes. from was from people fishing the golf course ponds and getting in arguments and get kicked out and sneaking in and stuff like that. So yeah, well, I was playing. Uh, we were staying in a place that probably I, I can't. I would imagine they wouldn't look too favorably on on me <laughs> being on the golf course fishing. So I, I I was mindful and I did it in that. Like I said, that there was about a half hour window between sunrise and and the golfers starting to come out and uh, i didn't see any any other species but they did have quite a few of these little tarpon and um yeah it's fun i mean i had a i was they were way overmatched with i didn't have the right fly rod my fly rod was my my saltwater rod um but 
I mean, anytime you can jump a little tarpon, it's it's a it's one of my favorite things. You know, well, those places like... those places should sell. Here's a million dollar idea. What you do is you sell a fishing pass, right? Like a twenty dollar day fishing pass, and you know you just got to stay out of the way of the golfers. You can rent yourself a cart for another mm -hmm. twenty bucks. That's forty bucks in, and you can drive around and fish the water hazards. <laughs> you want to talk about probably a, a real life, uh, you know, chicanery on a golf course is having a bunch of golfers out there with a bunch of anglers in golf carts fishing. No, 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 you limit, you limit, you only allow like, uh, you know, five groups, five, five fishermen at a time to be out there. <laughs> yeah, that would be some, that, that would be a bunch of happy Gilmore shit going on. I was about to say, can you imagine the lineup at the golf course in the morning? You've got everybody in polos lined up to go golf. And then you got, the other people who are wearing like Daisy Duke cut off jeans and their Budweiser hat waiting to just fish the ponds. The bucket br bucket brigade with their, <laughs> their beer coolers and buckets for in minute. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that would be cool if a golf course was set that up. That yeah. would that would be, you know, if they could make it work, that would that's a damn good idea, Alex. It's about time you threw something out there that's worth uh, doing besides this podcast. <laughs> you are the fucking worst i i you know i i haven't talked about it in a couple of weeks i'm sorry to derail this eric i haven't talked about no, it in no, a couple weeks um with that comment i'd like to bring it back out some of your applications to be co-host paul's gonna get fired soon so <laughs> but uh, you know they got these guys a couple guys i know who who are, uh, are they guide in the everglades or they guide in south florida they do cast and blast you fish for peacock bass and you blast iguanas out of the trees with an air pistol, air rifle. So we instead of cast and blast, we got uh, we got golf and golf and cast. <laughs> or, yeah, or I like it. What, what, what could we call that? We could call that. Well, if Paul was going, it would be called slice and dice because he would eat every bass out of those ponds. Well, <laughs> hey, speaking of slicing too, I'm playing golf tomorrow morning. It's been almost two years since I've swung a club, and I'm mm. not going to be able to get to the range to take any practice wax at it. So I'm going to have to be lining up at, you know, parallel to the to the drives to get my stuff on there. It's going to be a good time. And then I get to fish a tournament Saturday. So I think I'm going to have two full days of um, not activity. winning shit. And yeah. Probably no practice, you know, not catching fish. And you're going to be bad at it in both those sports. So it's just basically par for the course for you. <laughs> yes, yeah, a good pun. Hey, come on! Oh, I don't have a. I don't. Oh, that stupid soundboard! And you don't have. <sighs> there we go. I, I, I got to go. update some stuff. I got to. I got. I needed a. I need the. Do -do 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 <laughs> All right, Eric. Tell us how you ended up in the Amazon. So uh, a friend of mine um, was working. Works with a guy who was Brazilian and uh, does a trip every once a year, um, and. Uh, he, he asked my friend if he wanted to, to come this year. Uh, this was this was in 2021, I think. Uh, was it 22? Yeah, maybe it was 20. I don't remember. But it was, uh, he, he said, do you want to come on this trip? And my friend was interested, but he didn't want to do it alone. Oh, not alone. He didn't want to be the only, only one um, that, uh, you know, he, he wanted to have somebody on the trip that he knew and was friendly with. So he asked me if I wanted to come. And it's something that I have always wanted to do uh, from... As, as far back as I can remember, I remember seeing like when I was in college, um, I, I, you know, I used to see on, on the ESPN Saturday morning fishing shows, I used to see these commercials for some travel companies that, that would do, do trips to the Amazon. And it, 
it was always something that was in my mind that I wanted to do someday. And also I'm a big aquarium guy, hobbyist. So I had, I've always, you know, a lot of people uh, who keep aquariums, they like the pretty colorful saltwater fish, the oranges and the crabs. That never interested me. I was always interested in South American fish in my, in my home fish tank. Always. I don't know why they're not as colorful, um, but But they're savage. Yeah. Yeah. They're cool. I like their behavior and they're just, they're, they're, I always liked it. Um, So I always had an interest in the Amazon. So when my friend invited me, you know, I I gave it some thought and um, I said, yeah, let's, let's give this a try. What happened was that that trip, I don't exactly know what happened, but that, that trip didn't, didn't work out. They canceled Mm -hmm. the trip. I I don't know what happened, but um, we had, we had gotten it in our minds that, Hey, this is, we had done enough kind of some research and, and learned a little bit about the Amazon. And so we said, well, let's, let's still try to go. Um, and then, so then we started to do our own research. Um, and, you know, there's a lot to research there. Mm-hmm. Brazil is a big place. Brazil is almost as big as the U S mm-hmm. um, it's a giant country. There's a ton of rivers. Um, and when people, when, and what I, one thing I learned is when you talk about the Amazon, people say the Amazon, I mean, the Amazon's a giant place. I mean, just the Amazon basin is almost as big as the U S I mean, it's, it's gigantic and you got, and I always thought from my aquarium background, I, I always kind of knew like in the dry season, they got a wet season and a dry season. The dry season is when the river recedes and they collect the aquarium fish that they sell in the stores. But what I didn't realize was think about, um, think about the U S and the dry season in Florida is not the dry season in Montana. So that's how big the Amazon is. So I, I realize that there's, you can go to certain regions of the Amazon in July and get a dry season. And mm-hmm. you can go when I went in January, February and get a dry season. So there's a ton to research, a ton of different species. Obviously most people go there for the peacock bass. Um, that's what I went there for, but you can, you can, I mean, you can get peacock bass in. I went to Brazil, but you can get them in Colombia. Um, I think Ecuador, Peru, um, Bolivia, um, Suriname. Um, I mean, you, all these different countries have different species of peacock bass. So mm. anyway, we started to do some research and, uh, you know, Facebook was pretty, Facebook was pretty helpful. Instagram was pretty helpful. Um, reached out to a few people, um, did talk to some people on the phone, people who have been there before and just to get an idea of, of, you know, what to look for. And, um, we wound up, we wound up finding a a company that, um, that, uh, I'm actually wearing his shirt. I'm not just, I'll do maybe a plug for him at the end, but but jungle, (laughs) jungle fishing is who we, we settled on. We found it. We found a guy who's in Texas, who, um, is, is a, as a host and all these trips have, have a host generally someone who's been there before. And the owner of this company, um, is a Brazilian guy. He's been, he's been, he's fished the Amazon multiple times. He, he went, he, the place that we stayed at the lodge, he knows the owner. So we felt after a few conversations with him, we felt comfortable enough. And, you know, we talked to people who have been to this place before and, you know, it, 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 he was very, um, not pushy, explained everything really well, outlined it, had some videos that, that kind of explain how the, the, the trip went. There's a lot of travel involved, but, um, but we felt comfortable enough to, to give it a shot. Um, I was about to and, say, because we're not talking about like, I'm going to go to Honolulu and hang out at the Hyatt and then go down to the docks and get a charter. Like you had to go. I mean, you're out there. 
It's it's not like yeah, it's not like yeah. a big area. Then you take a little truck to get to a stocked pond to go fish. Yeah, I mean, I was I would say I was not. I wouldn't say nervous. I wouldn't say that was the right word. But but my wife was happy to. To, for me to finally go, she was tired of hearing about it because I was <laughs> I'm not. I don't know. It was a mix of excitement and and you know nervousness because we're you're in a really isolated part of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the place the place we stayed did have Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you are. We we flew to a city. Um, we flew to a city called Manaus, which is in the middle of the Amazon. It's a it's a big city. There's like two million people there. But we took a commercial flight. I flew out of Newark, New Jersey connected through Panama City, Panama. So it's about five hours from New Jersey to Panama. Then we had a layover, about another four hours then to get to Manaus, Brazil. Manaus is where we where we got picked up. So from the time you hit the airport in Manaus, the the host company, um, and this guy, this guy Lucas, who owns the company, he's there at the airport to get you. And everything else from at that point on is already organized and done for you. You don't have to do anything. And you don't want to do anything because you're in a, you're in a foreign country and, um, you know, you don't, they speak Portuguese there. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't speak Portuguese. And it was a little bit naive of me to think that it was like Spanish. Cause it's, it's not, I mean, there may be there's some similar, maybe there's some words that are close, but, um, but, uh, we, we spent, uh, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but we spent six days on the water with a guide who spoke very little Spanish and very little English. So, well, we had some, you know, some challenges with communicating. You, you get the hang of it eventually. Um, you can, you, you can't, you learn to communicate with these people, but, um, anyway, from Manaus, we spent a couple of days in Manaus, did some tourist stuff there. Um, and it's a, it's a cool little, cool little city. Um, you know, I didn't feel, I didn't feel like it was unsafe. At least, I mean, we were at a hotel most of the time and, and, um, but I, it felt like a normal city to me. Um, and then after a few days, we went back to the airport, we took a small charter flight a little bit over an hour from Manaus to a town called Barcelos. Barcelos is a small town, like 25,000 people. Um, that's actually like one of the main places for the aquarium fish trade. Almost every aquarium fish that, that winds up in a, in a pet shop um, that's, that's from that area, you know, in the U S has probably come through Barcelos or, oh, wow. or somewhere, you know, somewhere near it. Um, so that's, that's their main two things there that I, as far as I could tell was, was aquarium fish and and fishing and so it was interesting because they have about ten or fifteen of these charter flights on Saturday and Sunday all day long they're going back and forth Manaus to Barcelos back and forth and every group that's getting off is just like our group we had fourteen in our group but they're all guys um, in, on a, on a fishing in a fishing group yeah. and from there you it's a short it's like a five minute uh, cab ride, bus ride to the port. And that's where all these fishing trips, uh, kind of start. You can, there's two main, two main things that, that they have. There's the one that I did, which is a lodge. It's a stationary lodge. And a lot of guys also go on a mothership. They go on a boat and they have like these big kind of, um, almost, they almost look like, um, what's those boats in, in the Mississippi river? Not that like the paddle, boat. what's the those, paddle yeah. boat. Yeah. Yeah, like a jungle cruise with the rock. Yes, like, um, yeah. <laughs> or or anaconda with yeah. uh, Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so imagine one of those. They hold, you know, they hold ten to fifteen anglers, and they actually tow behind them, um, like some John boats, uh, yeah. four, five, six aluminum boats, um, 
so that's the two kind of that's the two kind of options you have basically in in Brazil. Um, well, that, there's other ones too, but that's the two main ones. Well, y'all weren't so, on no damn John boats. Y'all were on bona fide bass boats. Well, that's one of the reasons that we picked this lodge that we went to because they had really nice equipment and they had yeah. they were it was a very comfortable place to stay for a week. So from from what I heard, you know, you could you could go to the Amazon and the fishing could could be not so good and and your and your accommodations could be not so good. Right. <laughs> so we were we we were you know, we, we at least we knew the accommodations were going to be good. If the fishing sucked, we would have a nice place to stay. Those so, motherships uh, are are interesting, Paul. I know you. Uh, so I think his name's Robert Fields. Do you know who I'm talking about? That kayaker. Yeah. Did you ever? Yeah. So he did one where he stayed. I think it was in Costa Rica, but they used the mothership deal. Like he had a log that he stayed at, right? But then they would load all their hobies onto like multiple boats and then they drive them offshore and drop them off and then go pick them up later. But they would like put them way out, like on a reef way out there where you're just catching yeah. like rooster fish and shit. Like it was fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the same kind of idea, you know? Yeah. I think that'd be cool to do the, uh, the rock Dwayne Johnson jungle cruise. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, would, that, that would be exciting. A bunch of excitement. Eric, talk to us real quick about, the preparation to go into Brazil from America, like, did you have to get shots? Did you have to get waivers? I mean, like what kind of stuff did you have to do to prepare before you actually got on the flight to come down? The only, the only vaccine that they require is, is a COVID vaccine. Um, if you don't have it, you can show a, a negative uh, test, you know, prior that you took like I think 48 hours prior. Um, however, you know, and, and all the guys who I talked to who have been there, um, they're like, ah, you don't, you know, you don't need anything. Um, you don't need it. You don't need any vaccines. It's, but just as a precaution, I mean, I, I did get, um, yellow fever. I did get typhoid. Um, you know, I, I just didn't want to have a problem. It wasn't the kind of I wanted to be ill. Yeah. Um, you don't, you don't want to get any oops and poops kind <laughs> of, uh, you know, things that will make your fishing trip uh pretty shitty what did you say did you say oops and poops oops and poops dude we got to put that on a shirt with your face on it there we go the other one i heard i can't remember who i heard from this from but it was uh how who was it it might have been jordan marshall i don't know somebody uh, the first oh, time I said they had it coming out dropping. had it coming out the the basement and the attic <laughs> <laughs> no i never heard that one before that was the good one you know, it's funny because one of the guys, you know, I, I'm pretty cautious when I travel about what I eat. Um, one of the guys who came with me, one of my one of my friends from from Pennsylvania, um, he's a physician. And the first day that we're in Manaus, we're in a mall and it's a pretty modern looking mall. Like, you know, I was surprised. Big place. And uh, and <laughs> we, we look at the food court and there's a sushi place. And we're a thousand miles from any ocean. And, and he's like, let's go get some sushi. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, there's no way I'm having sushi in Brazil. <laughs> Have you been drinking the water already? Because that's a terrible idea, sir. Well, hold yeah. on. You guys should be fine. Scrapple has thoroughly just trained your stomach to eat yes. gnarly stuff. So you should be fine to have... Yeah. The equivalent of Brazilian gas station sushi. Oh, man. Well, you know, it's like, yeah, I was careful about what I ate there. Um, I mean, I was I was I was on the extreme of careful. Like 
they I didn't even eat like an apple because they they said if you can peel it, you can eat it. So like oranges yeah. are okay, bananas okay, but anything that might have been washed, um, we didn't drink anything but bottled water there. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's just it's interesting when you travel to different countries. I mean, yep. uh, you got to be careful. And fun fact, you might drink the bottled water, and that's great. Uh, I've had mm-hmm. plenty of port calls. Uh, yeah. where people made this mistake where they're like, I'm only going to drink bottled water, mm-hmm. but then they order a Jack and Coke right? and they've oh, got I... ice in it. And <laughs> I remember going like, Hey man, uh, I thought you were worried about the water. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I am. I'm like, uh, how do you think that ice was made? <laughs> yeah. And that look on his face, there's like, shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That I was, aw- I was conscious of that when we were there. So, um, so listen, Bass and Bruce says that if you go out on a trip, um, you're definitely still going to drink. Just make sure it's uh, just straight up, just just straight up, not on the rocks at all. Just straight up. Well, the I'll, I'll just say that. So it's a it's an all inclusive trip. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I am not personally I'm not a big drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but man, what I didn't drink, the rest of the the, the other 13 guys made up because <laughs> there's no limit. And they have, you know, yeah. they have, you can take every boat. You know, basically, they take your order at the beginning of the week. You tell them, um, you know, how many beers you want to bring. They have a nice, the boats have a lot of space, a lot of storage space. Um, but, you know, and you're out there f- for the whole day. Um, so you can take as much as, as much beer as will fit in that cooler or, or bottled water or whatever you want. But um, yeah, there's a little pockets if you get a little <laughs> nervous about the storage space. Yeah. Hey, what was the name of the beers? Do you remember? Well, uh, I th- the local beer. No, I we I think everything we had was Corona. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't remember. There might have been. I'm trying to think what else was there. Um, if there was any local ones, I don't remember. Because a lot of those places they'll run this beer called Imperial, right? So Panama, okay. El Salvador, yeah. Costa Rica, and then uh, Venezuela will all run this beer called Imperial, right? So so we we would have a bunch of it, and we're like, man. The next day, it'd be like the hangover of all hangovers. And you're like, how is that even possible? Right. Like, I'm talking like 21st birthday hangover after six of them. Yeah. So we Googled it, and uh, there's a reason it's not in the United States, because it has high amounts of formaldehyde in it. That's what they yeah. use to sweeten it, is formaldehyde. Oh, so wow. so huh. I, I would well, like to segue. Don't worry about no hoof rot. Exactly. But but I would like to segue. Uh, this episode of Bass and Brews is brought to you by Imperial Beer. Uh, the formaldehyde t- just tastes right. So. Uh, um, so, yeah, so that was the, that was the thing with the vaccines. Um, and uh, no, there's no like waivers or anything. I mean, you know, it's just, you know, basic stuff, passport and and that kind of stuff. So, the, you know, the the cost for the, the trip included everything except your airfare getting to and from. Um the brazil so um yeah that, that's all you, that's all you really need so you y'all get get to the resort you get ready to go out fishing did y'all take your own your own gear or was that provided because i know y'all stopped in manaus you stopped at a at a gear shop and yeah so, like the bass and the, the the bass pro shops of, of brazil it was a really cool little place. I mean, they had a lot of stuff packed in that little little shop that was in the mall. We knew we were going to be going there. So to answer your question, um, I brought most of my own gear. Uh, most of the other guys did not. The lodge uh, provides you with a rod. Um, they all fish bait casters down there. Uh, mm-hmm. I brought spinning rods because that's what I fish here. Um, and I know how to I, I'm OK with a bait caster. I could have done it if I needed to. 
Um, but I brought my own. Um, I brought what I did was I have a couple really nice rods that I use here in South Jersey uh, for, 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 for casting plugs. Um, they're one piece rods. And I thought a lot about it. Um, you know, I have a rod tube and I thought, you know, I really want to bring these rods and they would have been perfect there, but I, but I did not want to risk the airlines breaking them or losing them or both <laughs> not, because not only would it mess up my fishing in Brazil, but when I got back here, I wouldn't have those rods. Anymore. <laughs> yeah. And there's a so, high, high likely chance that one of those or both of those things would have happened. <laughs> if you would have been their good stuff. Yeah. Especially with a connection in a foreign country. Now, I just learned that recently, more recently, they they opened up a new flight um, from Miami, Miami to Manaus. I think it's like a five, six hour flight. Right. So I would consider that if I went that route in the future, I would bring my rod tubes because I, I'm, I'm a little bit more comfortable with a domestic flight. And if I could pick them up and then recheck them. But I don't know. Anyway, what I did was I bought a, a three piece St. Croix travel rod mm -hmm. and um, and I brought two of my spinning reels. Um, I brought a, a Stratic um, 4000 and I have a, um, a Vanstall VR50. Now, both of those reels are, are I think, eight or nine ounces. So they're light, um, which is good for casting all day in, in, in the Amazon. And um, so I brought and the reels I could keep in my carry on. Um, so I was I didn't I, you know, I wouldn't lose them. And then in that tackle shop that you saw in my video, um, I did. I bought another rod. It's I bought a two piece Brazilian made rod. So because what the reason why I had a second rod and and some of the guys, our host who who does these trips um, more frequently, I think he goes like two, three times a year. He has four rods ready at all times on the boat because you don't you don't want to be um, having to stop and retie this mm -hmm. or that. If you got a fish that's, you, you know, in, in a couple of cases, we had some fish that we you we, we knew they were kind of interested because they do some swirls, but they wouldn't commit to the top water lures we were throwing. And what we do is you have another rod ready. Um, I have one right here. Um, one of these bucktail. jigs. Yeah, a little bucktail looking thing. Yeah, this is, these are very popular in Brazil. I, I'm going to hold it in front of me. I think that's how you can see it, right? Yep, you good. Yep. Yeah, these have the extended tail. Um, this is a half ounce. But so if they miss the top water or they go for the top water, you just grab the rod with your bucktail and throw that. And that was, that was successful uh, several times. So, um, but some what? guys fish three, four rods. They have three, four rods ready at all times. So like a regular old bass angler. <laughs> got, yeah. Got, got rods laid out there just so you can grab <laughs> and go. What, what kind of line, what kind of line were you using? Was it braid? Was it braid to leader? You know, what, what did the setup look like? Cause I'm assuming you probably had some hefty line on those reels. Yeah. A lot of these guys, I, I, I believe on my spinning reels, um, God, I think it was, I want to say it was 30 pound braid. Um, but a lot of the guys who fish the bait casters fish heavier, 50 to 65 pound braid. Um, and it's not so much, I learned that it's not so much for the fish as as much as it is for the structure, because everywhere you look in that river, there's a sunken tree or there's something. I mean, yeah. it, it's just, um, there's the whole bottom is just covered with trees. So, and a lot of these big fish will, will get you wrapped around the trees. Um, if, especially if you get a really nice one on, I mean, they go right for the cover. Um, I had it a couple of times um, and they'll, they'll, you know, that braid gets, 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 you know, gets rubbed and, and uh, gets kind of abrasive. We, we did use a, um, a straight, I think I had uh, 50, I think I got 50 pound. It was, nobody could give me a, 
a definite. I had a lot of different opinions on on what the leader material should be, um, and I think I wound up going with it was it was saltwater mono, and I don't know what, if there's a difference between saltwater mono and regular mono, but I, I got it was fifty pound, it's either forty or fifty pound saltwater mono, and you know you don't need much of it, a couple of feet, maybe two feet of, of leader. Um, you know, we we I, we didn't break any lines or leaders the whole week. Um, the guides are really amazing in their ability because you're you're casting into a tree line generally, and and it's just ten hours of we we fish top water most of the most of the week, and you're casting right at the trees. That's where the fish are. You got generally you got to pull them out of the trees. You got you got to entice them to come out of that cover. Um, so we're getting stuck in the trees constantly. And the guides are, are are wizards. I mean, we did not lose one plug in the trees the whole week. That's crazy. Because yeah. watching the video, you know, that first day you were get y'all were you were talking about how y'all get kept getting stuck, mm-hmm. throwing a treble hook into into the tree line and kept hanging it up. It's crazy yeah. y'all didn't lose anything. We got better at it. You know, I learned some good techniques I'll, I'll use here at home. But they would they would flick the braid. They would hold the rod in one hand and mm-hmm. and, and hit the butt section of the rod. Um, they had all these different different techniques that I never knew about. Where I fish in New Jersey, you know, I do the same kind of fishing, but there's no trees. I'm, I'm casting behind the water line is is um, grass, trash cans, it's yeah. trash cans, bicycles, uh, carts, yeah. shopping carts, yeah. <laughs> diapers. Yeah, Alex, listen, I say we know all, all about that Jersey structure fishing. Listen, I say it all the time. There's nothing better than a largemouth bite. When it's you know when they're really keyed in on the diaper, you know what I mean. The diaper is is the key window you're looking for. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so if you have thirty to fifty pound braid, um, heavy leader. Um, like I said, I do a little bit of fly fishing, so I had I had fly rods ready um, with just a straight like three four feet of of um, uh, whatever that 50, 50, uh, 40, 50 pound leader material. It doesn't have to be tapered. They're not line shy. Um, <laughs> The peacocks are super aggressive. I mean, when they decide they're gonna they're gonna attack, they're 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 pretty spazzy fish. Um, and, All right, so uh, you're there your first day. I'm guessing no fishing that first day, right? Just settling in. Correct. We we got we left the hotel in Manaus on a Sunday morning. Got to the airport, uh, charter flight um, to Barcelos. A little car ride to the port, like I said. From and 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 at this point, everybody, all the different groups you know, go their own separate ways, whether you're going on a boat or a lodge like we did. So we got a boat, um, a boat ride at that port. It took us 90 minutes up the Rio Negro. Um, the Rio Negro is one of the major tributaries of the Amazon river. Um, and so 90 minute ride, cool ride. I mean, didn't, didn't see too much. There's no towns or anything. I mean, there's right. no, there's a, we, we passed one other, one or two other lodges, one or a couple boats here and there, but, um, you know, the river's big and it's when I, you know, I always thought it would be, um, it's, it's not really a river. I mean, there's a main channel, but, but there's all kinds of side creeks and it's like a maze, like a labyrinth of Mm -hmm. uh, creeks and channels and smaller rivers and lagoons. So it's amazing when you fly over it. uh, I mean, it was, it was really cool to look out the window of this small plane. You know, I, I would, I would go back and forth between really like an amazement of what I saw. And then I would kind of like cover my eyes because 
you get, it's a little bit scary because there's nothing around. Like there's nowhere to, all you see is jungle and river for an hour. And you don't, I'm, I'm talking about no towns, no farms, no houses, no cars, no boats, no people, nothing. So in the um, South, we say not nary a thing. Yes. <laughs> so I never really, you know, never really so empty. It. It'll make you oops and poop. <laughs> <laughs> How deep was how deep was river? Did did y'all did y'all have graphs on the boats, or you know how deep all that was? Um, they had electronics, but they didn't use it. Um, I asked, <laughs> you know, in, in various parts of the river, I did ask, and they, you know, it sounds like it can get pretty deep in some of the main channels, you know, 40, 50 feet plus. Mm. But most of the areas that we fish, you know, occasionally I would send my rod tip down just out of curiosity, see if I could touch. And sometimes I would feel bottom and sometimes not. So my guess was most of the most of the areas we were fishing were probably um, 10 feet or less. And then you're casting to the tree line, which can be inches deep or it can be a couple feet deep at the tree line. Um, but most some of, of the, some of the little creeks y'all were in looked like, you know, y'all were in a bass boat and it looked like a damn kayak should have been in there. How they were navigating some of those creeks was pretty damn amazing, man. That I mean, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of little channels like that. And the, and the guides have machetes on board and sometimes they do have to hack away at the, at the, because trees fall all the time. So they have to clear a path. Um, but sometimes those, yeah, sometimes those, those, those little, um, covered paths are, are lead to something really nice. They also had those machetes for the anacondas yeah. that, that <laughs> were chasing, uh, damn, who was the guy in that movie? Ice, ice cube, bro. <laughs> no, no. Um, yes, jo- Angelina Jolie's dad. Oh, oh. When they, he got eight. John Voight. John Voight. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man eating anacondas. <laughs> I have this weird. I have this weird image now, but it's uh, it, it's still The Rock, but now it's The Rock and Jennifer Lopez and Angelina Jolie, and her dad's mad at him because they're fishing in his backyard that's the amazon that's another million dollar idea let's do anaconda slash jungle cruise two you put them together hey did you see besides the fish did you get to see any amazon wildlife that was just real neat any big snakes or anything weird and wacky i didn't see any snakes um and the amount of we expected a we expected a lot more animal activity in general you know it was like there was not many birds. Um, hmm. I was surprised about that. We expect to hear bird noises all day. Um, we did not see any jaguars. That's like one of the one of the few things that the locals there are fearful of is jaguars. Mm-hmm. They don't care about snakes. Um, <laughs> and uh, we saw um, we saw a lot of two two things. We saw a lot of which was interesting. Um, one is the, the Amazon freshwater pink river dolphins. Mm. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah, and there's things creepy. It's very they're they are creepy. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize that they would be so calm, so plentiful. Um, there were certain plenty of times we were fishing, you could hear them, you know, they come up and you hear them blow the air out of the water out of their air spout. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're wise to the fishermen, they 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 you know they're smart, so they know that you're there and they're trying to get a meal. And what happens is if you catch if you catch a peacock of any size. In, in, and these dolphins are around, they'll actually put the, the fish in the live well and they'll keep it alive in there until you can get to a safe area to release it, maybe like a beach or just an area where they're not around. 
um, because we did have a couple, couple guys in our group who released fish when there was dolphins around and they just, it, they like propel like a rocket. And you know, you put a, you put a caught fish in the water. It's kind of disoriented for a few seconds until it swims off. And, and those peacock bass were, were, um, impaled and eaten by the dolphins. Um, so yeah, pretty neat. Um, and, uh, also we saw, uh, caimans, which is like the South American. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some pretty big ones. Um, and, uh, None of them mess with your fish, though, when you caught them reeling in. Y'all didn't have any attack. You know, like the alligators down in Florida when you catch a bass and you got to, you oh, got to yeah. try to get it in for the alligator hooks. It. Well, we didn't have anything like that. Um, you know, and, and people ask me, you know, are you, were you afraid to get in the water? I mean, there's a couple couple times when we, you know, walked in the water. We had lunch in the banks, a, a banks of the river a couple of days. I wasn't really too fearful. A lot of it, it's, it's a, it's clear type of water. It's like a dark um, tannin stained water. Um, yeah. I mean, could there have been caimans there? I guess. I mean, I, I didn't think about it. I was actually people, you know, we caught a, we caught some piranhas and everybody that seemed to be when I got back to um, when I got back home and posted some pictures of piranhas, um, especially on, on Facebook to my non fishing friends, they were like, they were. I, they just couldn't believe that I would get in the water with piranhas because they watched like too many Hollywood movies. <laughs> <laughs> they thought my leg would be reduced to bone within seconds. Um, but no, I mean, I was not fearful of them at all. Um, I would. I was actually more worried about stepping on a freshwater stingray than I was about any piranha. Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. What about the so, bugs? Insane. Oh, good. Good question. No. So here's the thing with the bugs, and you know, it, it was. Going back to the vaccines, I mean, the, the yellow fever and, um, oh, we took malaria pills too, yeah. which I, um, that's like an oral pill. You take it like a week before the trip, all throughout the trip, and a week when you get home, I think is what it was, something like that. Um, the the Rio Negro um, is acidic, and, and I don't mean like like acidic, like, like it burns stuff. It's like on the pH scale, seven mm-hmm. is neutral. Um, it's like probably six or below. So in terms of like aquariums and, and, and fish that, you know, like, like we keep in our fish tanks, that's, it's considered acidic. So it's too acidic for mosquitoes to Hmm. eggs to, to, to survive. So, yeah. So there was some, I think I had two mosquito bites all week. Um, Yeah. on, On the water, it's almost, almost none. There was some bees that, that buzz around and they, and they annoy you, but, um, but uh, the bugs was not really a factor. I, I really, in my mind, like I, I got those yellow fever and malaria medications for um, when we were in some of the cities away from away from the, the main part of the river where there could be mosquitoes there, you know. So bugs weren't bad, fortunately. That's surprising. I thought I thought it would have been worse, but that makes sense. You, y'all should have, they should be sending some of that water up here to put in some of our damn lakes. Keep mosquitoes <laughs> down. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the pH is in most of our waters in North America, but um, it's got to be a more like a neutral type of water where the mosquitoes can populate. Well, they damn they damn sure don't hurt the mosquitoes around here in North <laughs> Carolina. That's for damn sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, fortunately, the bugs were okay. You know, we we wore I wore a long sleeve like a UV fishing shirt, and I wore long pants almost every day because it just was easier than than just putting on sunscreen constantly. I mean, that, that gets to be a pain after a while. So nope. we covered up pretty good. And, um, the sun's really, you know, we were fishing at the equator. So the sun's pretty strong. Um, you just have to be hydrated and, um, and, and, you know, cover up. 
Yeah, so, I, figured, I figured that the the weather would have been a little bit different because it's probably 100% humidity and 90 degrees 24-7. And, and you sit on a boat 9, 10 hours a day casting and fishing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that takes a toll on you, uh, especially when it's hot outside. Yeah, it, you know, it wasn't as bad as I thought it might be. I think the temperatures were, uh, I would say, 85 to 90 during the day, it does get a little, it does get into the seventies at night. So when you get on that boat at seven in the morning and you, and you're running up to the first spot, I mean, it's chilly, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it felt good. Um, humidity was, it wasn't like, you know, like horrible. Um, we would, you know, in the afternoons, we would take some of that ice in, in, the, in the cooler and place it between my hat, you know, put it in my hat and let, just let some cold, cold water drip onto me. But, um, but you just know, don't mess up and pop some in your mouth, you know, but yeah. oh, shit, I messed up. No, you know what? Like I was so focused on the cool thing about this fishery is that, um, you're throwing, if, you know, we were throwing most of top water, like I said, but you never know any single cast you place could be that trophy 20 pound peacock bass mm. and they're going to hit the same size lure as the little three pounders. So, uh, you know, I, I was really, really hyper-focused on that. And that's what kind of made me, you know, kept me going. Cause it, it is a long day and it is hot, but man, you think I just get it in that little nook right there by that tree. And that there's gotta be one sitting there. And that it was just like, that was my motivation to, to get that giant fish. And, and uh, I, I personally didn't get that giant trophy fish that week. We had a, so um, I'll, I'll, they don't measure their fish down there in pounds or kilograms or even inches. Everything there, it goes by centimeters. <laughs> so the, what they consider a trophy peacock bass in this part of the, in this part of the, of Brazil, you go to other areas, it's different because they're different species and they, but this one that we fish for is, is the biggest of all the peacock bass and 80 centimeters is considered the trophy fish. That's roughly 30, 31 inches. It's uh, 31.49. Oh, very good. <laughs> I knew uh, I knew you were going to say that, so uh, okay. I was Googling it. I was Googling it. Uh, yeah. So that's considered the trophy. Um, yeah. And we had a couple in our group that got 80 centimeter plus fish. Um, and it's like a big it's like a big deal there. Um, the guides at the end of the week, if, if a guide has an angler that gets an 80 centimeter fish, they get a, they get a bonus from the, uh, oh, cash bonus from the, from the lodge. So that's what, that's what we're all out there trying to get. What was the average that you guys were getting? Um, in, in centimeters, I would say average, I would say in the fifties, maybe. So, 50 uh, we're looking at, so 19 inch. Okay. Yeah, I'd say 19, 19 to 22, somewhere in that, in it. Right. and that's, you know, but um, but they're much stronger. Like I catch that size striper all the time at home mm-hmm. and, um, very different aggression, very different kind of fight. Um, these guys, these, these things are just, they're SOBs. I mean, they're tough. Have you caught peacock in like Florida? I, I've Yeah. So I just to, to give you a little history, I, I went to college in Miami and I was there in the early nineties when peacock bass were just starting to become a thing like they had been released i think in the mid mid 80s or late 80s I, I don't know the exact date but in my years in college there i was i was the first person i knew to ever catch a peacock bass in, in the u.s i mean i'm sure other people were catching them but i on some of those golf courses that i talked about fishing mm-hmm. um all of a sudden I'd be walking the bank and 
there'd be peacock bass sitting there. Um, and uh, so that was really cool. And then, you know, I've, I've done other trips in the Everglades. Um, there's a guy, I'm going back to fish with him in a couple of weeks, actually. Um, that whole stretch of water between Fort Lauderdale and Naples, I mean, it's just loaded with peacock bass. They're, they're not very big. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you get a three pounder, that's a big one. Um, Good eating size. Yeah. I mean, last time I fished with this particular guide, I mean, in six hours, I landed 88 fish. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. So it's, and that's all that's fly. So yeah. yeah. That's all, that was all fly fishing. Um, probably could have, could have caught more. I mean, with bait, you can just. You can, so yeah. what, what we, you obviously caught peacock. And I think from the video, there were three different species or types of peacock there. You caught piranha. So what, yes. what kind of fish were y'all catching that week you were there? Well, we got, I think it was, we wound up with eight species that week. Um, there was only one, there was two species that we did not get that I'll, uh, I'll have to go back and get those. But um, so there, yeah, there was three varieties of peacock bass. Um, technically really two. One is two of them are different color morphs of, of the same fish. Um, those ones that you saw in the video with the spots on them, they lose those spots eventually and they they get that real kind of pretty uh yellow green color with the mm-hmm. real real um um prominent black three black bars on the on the body that's the same fish and then there's one they call butterfly peacock bass which has the three three big pretty spots in the middle of the, of the body yeah. um so those are the two the two kinds of peacock bass in that region like i said you go to a different part of brazil you'll get different species altogether and different countries you'll get different species um, we got, uh, so that was, that was, we'll count those as, as I'll count those as two, um, piranhas. There was a couple different species of piranhas. I don't know my piranha ID very well, but, um, first piranha I caught was, uh, was with one of those jigs and, uh, one of those bucktails and, um, the other, all the other piranhas I caught, there was one particular day where we, um, decided we were going to do a little catfishing with some cut bait. They have these big, um, big like I would almost, it would be like a rod that we would use almost for tuna here in the, in the off the yeah. coast. Big, big bait casting reels, and basically they just put a big piece of fish on there and a weight, and they just wing it out there, and you just wait, sit and wait for the rod to go down. Um, we did catch one of those catfish species when we were doing it that day, um, but while we were sitting there waiting for the for the rod to go down for a catfish to come along. I took my little spin rod and I put on like a quarter ounce uh, jig head that I had and with some little tiny pieces of cut bait. And I just sent it to the bottom, just like I was bottom fishing here in New Jersey. And um, I was catching piranhas that way. And that, that to me was fun. It was just something to pass the time. Yeah. That sounds like bluegill fishing, but uh, <laughs> it was something that could take a toe off. It was like, yeah, it was like, it reminded me of, you know, you mentioned, uh, before, I think before the broadcast, you mentioned uh, tog fishing. Mm-hmm. And that's very much what it was like because these piranhas are not huge. They don't have huge mouths. So I was losing a lot of bait. Like as soon as it hit the bottom, you could feel that little tap, tap, tap. And it's trying little to set bad. up like, little bait stealers. <laughs> yeah. We had some uh, piranhas are, are good to eat. We had some at the lodge. They cooked some piranha soup. I was going to ask you if you got to eat yeah. piranha. I've never had it, but I you know, get lost on the internet watching stupid videos. And I see people eating piranha and they say it's really good. It was, all the fish in Brazil was delicious because every night at the buffet, they had the buffet at the lodge. I mean, they had they had all I mean, 
they weren't serving like salmon there. You know, they, they were having. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't eat the salmon down yeah, in Brazil. Right. I'm not sure I would have gone that route. Kind of like the sushi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We how had, did they? Um, uh, how did they cook the piranha? Was it like? Uh, so they, so I've had it, and when I got it, it was I didn't get it in Brazil. I got it in Costa Rica. Like it was shipped up there. I'm guessing. Okay. But uh, like they cooked it like probably Paul's grandma did. Like they didn't cut the head off. They literally took the whole damn thing and then they brought it out on a plate. <laughs> Crispy skin, which was delicious. Heavily yeah. salt. Like how I had it was heavily salted skin, mm-hmm. white flaky, good to go on the like. I mean, not white flake, but you know what I mean? Flaky meat, good to go. Most of those fish that they served like that were the whole fish. I mean, yeah. um, so they so that was one of the. It was piranhas. Um, there's a fish called paku. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've ever heard of pakus. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. heard of that. They serve those a lot, uh, whole fish. Um, and actually, one of the restaurants we went to in Manaus, they had paku ribs. And mm. it was almost like, because those fish get pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can actually pick up the rib like a like a, like a a pork rib and hold it and eat the meat off the bones. Damn. Yeah, it was really delicious. Um, there's a fish called a arapaima in the Amazon. Yeah. Um, those things could get like 10 feet long. Um, those yeah. are farm raised in Brazil. So we had those a lot to eat. And those that was those are really good. I think the the, the tastiest one I had was um, they call it a sore beam, which is a, it's a I think it's a generic name for a big catfish. I don't exactly know what what kind of catfish it was, but that, they were really good. Um, but the Arapaima, um, they didn't serve those as the whole fish. Obviously, they just kind of like stake those up. Um, and I was waiting for Eric to say tilapia and i was gonna be like listen you're off the show no say the most delicious fish you had in in the amazon was tilapia <laughs> like you're out of here yeah hey, did y'all eat any peacock did they serve the peacock or is that like bass anglers in the states where we don't eat we're we're too good to eat well so we did um here's the deal with the peacocks the the um the main species that we were after the big ones those are strictly catch and release because that's what mm-hmm. they rely on for the tourism. The butterfly peacocks, um, those, if you ask, they will keep one of those for a meal for you. So um, one of the other species that we caught is a fish called a wolf fish. Um, they kind of look like a, almost like a, have like a snakehead appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, so we caught a couple of those one day and we asked the guide if, if we could have them for lunch. And so we, we did have like a riverside lunch and we, he did have a peacock bass that was in the live well from the day before that didn't make it. And uh, so when I, so he, when he, all these boats have, they carry everything you need. They got right. um, beach chairs, umbrellas, grilling material. Um, they got everything, you know, seasonings, plates, you know, they carry everything. So, you know, one day when we caught these wolf fish, um, we, we set up on the side of the river um, and the guides cooked for us and the wolf fish were interesting i mean they their flank technique was kind of cool they almost like butterflied it but not quite uh, hard to describe what they did it had a lot of little bones in it which you had to pick out but um but it was it was pretty cool and um yeah that was it was, you you have the option at least the place where we were if you wanted to go back to the lodge for lunch you're welcome to do it but mm-hmm. you lose if you're far from the lodge you lose all that time running back and forth so we didn't go back uh on any of the days we fish, we always ate either we brought sandwiches with us or we had a couple, couple days we met up as a whole group, the whole lodge met up on a beach 
and for like a bigger lunch where they grilled some meat, some fish, things like that. Um, but uh, some of the days we fished within a 15, 20 minute ride of the lodge and a couple of days we were far. I mean, we were mm-hmm. 45, 60 minutes up the river. Damn. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you would think that there's so much water there that you wouldn't have to run that far. You know, any, any corner you turn would be a good spot, but I guess they got their places that they like to go. <laughs> did, it's did like you Santee, catch- when you show up, everything looks good, <laughs> but everything ain't good. Right. Right. I mean, I was, yeah, we're, we're passing, you know, I'm passing on either side of me. I'm like, that, there's a tree. There's a submerged tree. That looks good. You know, let's, let's fish that. But I don't know. They probably, you know, when I was, when we were talking about it on the boat. I said to my friend who was my partner on the boat, I said, yeah, they probably caught a really nice fish here last week and they want to come back again. There's probably, <laughs> mm-hmm. nothing, probably nothing magical about this spot. Um, so we got, so we got the, the, the two peacock, the three, to, well, let's say two or three species of peacocks, piranha, uh, wolffish. We got the catfish. Um, we got something called a bakuda, which looks like a freshwater barracuda. Um, and the, you know, all these fish are hitting top water. So it's really cool. Like yeah. they just, they're really fast. The, the wolf fish and the bakudas, like they, uh, they make your heart jump because they're so lightning fast to come out and they attack these, these top water plugs. They're not huge fish. So there's not much of a fight there after they get hooked, but, um, but they were, they were interesting. And um, there was one other fish we caught called a um, uh, jacunda which is a, it's a pike cichlid, um, kind of like, also kind of like snakehead looking, but not quite as long, really cool colors. There's lots of different types of jacundas that you could, they can be anywhere from like, you know, a couple inches long to, you know, well over a foot long. Um, they sound like the jackfish of, of the Jack Dempsey. Not well. (laughs) So I call anything like a pike or whatever the hell Alex likes to call them down here in in the Carolinas. We call them jackfish. Okay. Any kind of pike is called a jackfish. And when you said it was kind of like a little bit of a pike. Yes. The the jackfish of the Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I I had to look up these jacundas. These things look awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they're really pretty looking fish. Probably the nicest looking fish that we caught. Yeah. Um, the two that I didn't get that I want to get next time because I do I do want to go back. Um, I mean, some of these guys, some of the guys on my trip, it was their second, third, fourth trip there. Mm. So, I mean, it's 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 really kind of a, a magical place. I mean, that you know, you after six days, it was a lot of fishing. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the most fishing I've ever done in a row. Six days in a row, ten hours a day mm. of casting topwater plugs. I'm not used to that, but I was just starting to get into the groove and it was time to go home. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I could definitely do some more days here. And this, this would be fun. Now, now I kind of got the hang of it. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's time to go home, but there's a fish called an arowana, which I really wanted to catch. Um, the, so, and, and there's another one called a, um, a red tail catfish. Um, they have a Brazilian name for it, but that's another big catfish from the Amazon. But the water, unfortunately, the week we were there, we chose that week specifically because it's supposed to be one of the best times of year for low water levels. Mm-hmm. And three, four weeks before we got there, it was shaping up to be like amazing. The water was the water was receding. You know, I was getting good reports from the from the lodge that water levels were going down. And then um, Mother Nature had other plans and I don't know if it was a lot of rain in Colombia. A lot of those rains from the mountains of Colombia flow into the Rio Negro. Um, maybe it was a 
something going on there and the, the river flooded again. So when we got there, um, a lot of the jungle that should have been dry was not dry. And a lot of the fish went back in the trees. So we had, we mm -hmm. caught fish every day. We had a good time. We caught some nice fish, but it was not, um, it, we didn't have any of those days where you're getting tons and tons of fish and you just can't keep them off the line that they were back in the trees. A lot of right. places. Yeah. So, and those arowanas is one of those fish that goes way back in the trees. Mm -hmm. And so we saw one once we, it was kind of funny. We got a, my friend Marcello, who's my fishing partner, he got, he made a cast and it got hung up on a branch and his plug was, was kind of suspended a few inches off the water. Mm -hmm. And we saw an arowana jump up and try to grab it. And uh, it never got hooked. I don't know what would have happened if it did get hooked, but, um, <laughs> but uh, those, hey, what, what kind yeah, of plug were you up rolling? Well, I have some, I can show you there's, so he, just to give you an idea, um, so this is a, this is a plug that I use here at home, Rapala Skitterwalk, mm -hmm. and then this is one that I used in Brazil, which um, I know what the Brazilian name for. So you can see it's slightly bigger, maybe it's half inch bigger, but not not the the main difference is is the noise. The Skitterwalk has a, a not not as much of a rattle, but this thing mm -hmm. it makes a oh yeah. It's very noisy. Here's another one we use. They call this a, a chickenina. I don't know. Um, but this, we caught a lot on this. But okay, it, makes a, yeah. it makes a big commotion. They have a lot of marbles in here. Um, a lot of rattles. So that's, you know, that's mostly what we fished with. And, and then those bucktail jigs. But um, we had to kind of figure out, um, and I threw some poppers too, some big poppers. Um, we had to kind of figure out what the retrieve was going to be because, in the beginning of the week, you had to move it super slow. They were not responding to a normal walk the dog kind of pace that I'm used to. Um, but when I slowed it down, then we were getting bites. And as the week went on, we we, we moved it a little faster. Um, and uh, yeah, so we threw some big poppers. Um, there's a thing called a wood chopper. You guys know what the wood choppers are? Mm -hmm. they, that's what they call them. I didn't fish with any that week, but... Um, Wood chopper is about, um, I would say it's probably seven, eight inches long. It's a big uh, a propeller, like a prop bait. It's got spinning propellers on the front and back of it, usually three sets of treble hooks. And they cast that out there and they, they do like a violent um, downstroke on the rod. Mm -hmm. And it makes a huge, if you, if you see any videos on YouTube of Brazil fishing, you probably see guys throwing them. It, it, oh. It's that fish called a bacuda that I mentioned, which mm -hmm. is that long torpedo freshwater barracuda, those those um, wood choppers are supposed to replicate a, a small bacuda uh, in the water because the peacock bass do eat them. Mm. Um, but mo a lot of guys f like to throw those wood choppers to really draw out the the, the giant fish. Um, yeah. But I didn't try any. I mean, I tried some just to, just to mess around with, but I didn't catch any fish on one that week. But that was the main thing. I mean, we, we throw a couple of those top water plugs, um, the bucktail jigs. I'm trying to think of that if I if I tried anything else. I tried some, you know, some swim baits. Um, I didn't fish any soft plastic. So, I mean, I think if you found fish, I, what I wanted to do was I was hoping we would have action where I would catch some good fish and then I would experiment with some stuff, mm -hmm. that, I, some stuff that I brought. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, we weren't catching that many that I wanted to, 
I wanted to stick with the stuff that worked. You know? Sure. Well, it's a dream to be able to go out there for nine or 10 hours and throw topwater bait and get big fish <laughs> blowing up on the right. topwater. I mean, yeah, look, that's, you know, that's, that's it, right? Especially when you were filming and you were trying to get good content. I mean, let's be real. There's nothing better in good content than a big old blow up. Right. Right. Yeah. You're going to have for- to add that to your list there, Paul. Yeah. What your list of ways to get famous online. You're going to have to add uh topwater fishing. <laughs> yeah. Right. I couldn't catch a fish. I couldn't throw it into a, a bucket full of fish and catch a fish. Right. No, now, no, no. So. I know you can't, but remember you had that list about, uh, like uh hook yourself, hook somebody else, shit your pants. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. how you get famous online. Yeah. You, you but, can add top I mean, water fishing. Yeah. But you, know, the hooking yourself, it, the, the big, <laughs> the blow ups are nice and all, but they, they there's are. no pain in those. And people want to see you in pain, <laughs> emotional and physical pain is what they want you don't get that with that so it's cool it's awesome and all but you know the the physical pain well i think is is what i'm gonna my list is is built around well you said emotional pain too right like you you would say somebody having that emotional pain is just as binge worthy to watch right right paul i I mean it depends on the emotion i mean you know losing a big fish just to lose it that's one thing but if you're in a tournament with money on the line there's a more emotional aspect to it then so then why aren't you uh youtube famous because every time you fish you don't catch anything and it hurts your emotions so you should be first of all i don't film anymore because it's a pain in my ass and i've filmed (laughs) for two years and didn't put out hardly any videos i mean and then this year i'm not filming because i you know i can't even catch a damn fish so <laughs> i couldn't even probably catch a damn piranha you know how they like to school up at least what the movie says yeah you put that right. dirty toe of yours in there as we <laughs> saw a couple episodes back with you and tiny two poles you put that dirty foot in there i bet you a piranha will bite it I, and you know what he probably get hung up in it and <laughs> <laughs> big old thick corns his mouth will get get all hung up in it look like he's getting hung up in a net oh. pull him up out the water and shake him off into the boat <laughs> that'd be good content catching brana with your feet that would be good, good. You like so, so i looked up one of those arowanas those look awesome they look like uh deadly little tarpons they got that weird tarpon mouth that's awesome yeah yes yeah um another another fish that i've known about since i'm a kid uh, because people buy them for their aquariums um but uh yeah that was another reason I went. they are they they, they look like, kind of like a tarpon and they jump like a tarpon yeah um Almost like a almost like a combination between a like an like an eel, a tarpon, and a um, and a uh, arapaima. So yeah, yeah. Like, you uh, like the clownfish, right? Are, are, the, is it the clownfish? It kind of looks like an eel that you catch down mm-hmm. in yeah. South Florida. Yeah, the clown knifefish. Yes, yep. okay. similar to that. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the arapaima. Those are those huge ones, right? Yes. Did you uh, did you guys have an opportunity to go for those, or were you not in the right area for that? I I don't think that there's if they're if they're in that area, there's not they're not very plentiful. Um, gotcha. Yeah, I I didn't see any, and I think I, I think they have been caught around there, but not yeah. I don't think in any kind of numbers. Um, those look areas. amazing. I've seen some uh, some kayak uh, YouTube videos where they've done trips down there, and they're catching okay. these like eight to ten foot long fish in a kayak in the yeah. like in these little amazon backwaters it, it almost looks like they're in louisiana catching yep. these damn dragons out of the water it's insane mm. yeah they're they're big and i think they breathe air i think they come up and like you can hmm. see them on the surface yes uh, yeah they're very much like a snakehead just a 
bigger, badder version of one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would like to try to get one. I mean, I, I had heard that they're that they're not the greatest fighters, you know, kind of like just like like weight. Yeah, it's um, just weight. Yeah, but I still would like to get one. So you you said you got a red tail. Those are huge, right? Those are big. Yeah, yeah we, we didn't catch one that week. We were trying okay. to. Um, that's another one I'd like to catch. Yeah, they can get giant. I mean, they can get uh, you know probably so the old four the, plus feet. Yeah, the, the only reason I know of that fish is uh, River Monsters, that old TV show. Right. And he was able to link. Uh, people thought that there's something in the Amazon that was killing people and that it was a <laughs> mythical monster, this and that, right? But okay. he had proven that uh, it, was, it was a red-tailed catfish. Oh that they, When people are swimming, they don't know what it is, and they'll get that foot and pull, do that roll, and you're done. Wow. Mm, yeah. It's awesome. I well, so <laughs> I love the Amazon for fishing because it, it's so. I I've never fished it. I would love to fish it because they're just gnarly, fucking fish that are like pure survival. I think it's awesome. It sounds like where you went did it the right way. Obviously, I don't want it to get like uh, overpopulated by shoobies or anything like that. <laughs> like like totally. No, I'm just joking. Um, like like I I I don't want to become too uh you know what I mean too tourist. Because it does yes. seem like a very like out there outdoors adventure, but you're dealing with fish that are called a wolf fish. I've seen pictures <laughs> of that thing. It's got teeth all over the place, if I remember right. Like fuck that fish. I think it had teeth <laughs> on its tail. Like you don't yes. need teeth there. It's insane. Um, yes. And that everything's ultra aggressive. It's awesome. Yeah, it was. It was a blast. I mean, you know, and I, I did a lot of um, did a lot of preparation um, in terms of like watching youtube videos before i went so i knew i kind of knew what i was what, what was possible as far mm -hmm. as species go um because somebody asked me they said how do you how do you know whether you can hold the fish by the lip or not like how do you know what got teeth and what doesn't you i said your hand in there and find out <laughs> well no I, I watched so many of these videos i knew that what what seven or eight species were possible and i knew i'm not putting my hand near a piranha's mouth i'm not putting my yep. hand near those bakudas it's like a barracuda yep. And uh, the wolfish, yeah, that's the yep. three that you really got to be be aware of. Everything else, you know, you can you can like the the pikes, the the jacundas. I mean, I I didn't catch them, but I, I think they were okay to put your hand in. But yeah, yeah, you just look, you know, you'll know. We <laughs> no. also got a guide that that would keep yeah. you from doing something too Hopefully. stupid as well. Hopefully, Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that you know, like that was one thing. Like I wasn't so concerned about the fish getting getting bit by a fish but what i was concerned about just because of how far we were from any civilization or hospital i was concerned about getting like a treble hook in my oh in my, yeah my neck on a cast and so but but we were that would have been viral that would have been, been viral would have been a viral you would have uh, you, you would have had a severe uh health problem for the rest of your life but you would have got a million views so. uh, maybe <laughs> but the boat was spacious enough you know they were one nice thing about this lodge was that you know all the other places generally fish on these aluminum um john boats and they're for two anglers and a guide they're they're, they're kind of tight um but our bass boats were very spacious one one person had plenty of space up in the front the back had a flat platform to cast so there was um you know plenty of space we, i we, saw the pictures you guys were out there in bass cats basically yeah you know like it was awesome <laughs> Yeah, the really nice boats, fast boats. I mean, they had 115 horsepower Mercuries. Um, it looked like the Bassmaster Classic came to Brazil. Like when you showed the picture where they were all like kind of like shallow up, yeah. walker. Yeah, 
I was like, what? Is this a tour event? Like, where are all these boats at? Yeah, the guy who set up the lodge, I mean, he did it right. You know, he got good equipment. The the accommodation's really nice. There's air conditioning in the cabins. There's there's bathrooms, showers, um, a nice, like, lobby area, bar, pool table. Um, um, uh, what else did they have there? Poker table. Um you know, real, it was it was a good, very comfortable place. They had a satellite television. We got there on that Sunday. Craziest thing. I mean, we were there for, you know, we got there like one, two in the afternoon. I think they took that. They, they put on there was four of us from from Philadelphia area and they put on the Eagles 49ers game for us oh, in the shit. middle of, middle of the jungle. Yeah. They put on the satellite. Yeah. TV. yeah, it was crazy. And that was really weird to be, you know, we we're in the middle of absolutely nowhere and I'm watching the yeah. Eagles game. Yeah. <laughs> One of the most remote places on earth and you're watching an NFL game. It was a weird. Trash, <laughs> a trash football team at that, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, so you said you wanted to go back. Would you go back to that same lodge or would you try a different area that that maybe you've researched before? I'm going to uh, probably try something different. Um Believe it or not, like when I, I talked to a few guys who who've done the trip many times, and they said, um, you know, they, it, it's funny. I th- I thought where I was was isolated, and these guys who I talked to who who go a lot, they're like, like they're like I don't even go to that town anymore. There's too many fishermen there. Because <laughs> like oh. I, I go to a place where where we don't see another boat the whole week, and if we do, they get they refund our money. They guarantee no other pressure. Wow. So like, there's like different places you can go um, that are known for um, you get more numbers of you get more numbers. Yeah. You might get you might have those 50, 60, 70 fish days. Um, you might not get a giant one, but, you know, and, and that's what I, I I happen to like that. I don't need to catch the biggest fish. I would like to catch one of those 20 pounders, of course. Um but I like the rod bent, so uh, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm I'm happy if I'm if I'm catching consistently three three to eight pound fish, it's perfect for me. And, and if and, and if there's enough action where I can take my fly rod out and start doing it that way, that's that's my ideal trip. Um, so yeah, I w- I will go back. I'm you know um, I probably uh, m- maybe late 24, early 2025, something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, like I said. I, I was ready for more the day I left. Um, and I just, I found this, you know, I think Brazil is where I'll go, but uh, I don't know. I mean, Colombia's well, Colombia has got a lot of those giant fish too. I don't think you get mm-hmm. the numbers there. No, um, just biggins from what I've looked online, just biggins. Yeah. That's it. There was a video I found on YouTube. I think it was a Jersey guy. It wasn't, wasn't anybody that I had seen before, but I just found a, a, a he did a four hour video from Guyana um and that looked amazing like that was like numbers like they found one spot where they must have pulled like 20 peacocks out of like one tree one like submerged tree um but uh yeah so i don't know i mean there's so many options down there like i said so many different river systems and um yeah the travel's a little it's a long it's a long travel day or days it's yeah it's, it's far but um yeah it was i can't wait to go back for folks that, that are listening that might want to plan or maybe potentially already planning a trip down there, what what were your two or three biggest resources that really helped you to 
to one, make you feel comfortable going down there and knowing that you were going to be in an area that was safe and that also had fish. But what, what were the resources that you used uh, to really help plan that trip? Well, I started with, um, there's, a, you know, I started with uh, Facebook groups, you know, they have those groups on Facebook, the private or public groups. And I joined one couple, a couple of different groups uh, for, for peacock bass and just to ask some general questions like who's, who's actually been to South America and done this kind of fishing. I have a lot of questions. I'd like to, to, to chat with you. And some people, you know, people responded that people are generally pretty friendly about that stuff. Um, and uh, so friendly on Facebook, really? Well, when it comes to, well, when, when you're, when you're asking the question, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I was able to, to, you know, I spoke to a couple people who are, you know, have dual citizenship, citizenship, Brazil, U S and, more than one person recommended the place I went to. Mm. So that made me feel like this was something I want to, I want to pursue a little bit more and find out if this is, you know, how these trips work. And then it was after that, that I found um, the jungle fishing company who, who hosts the trip. And I, like I said, in the beginning, like we talked to the owner Lucas um, several times on the phone. He was, he made us feel very comfortable and explain how the trip worked and wasn't pushy. was not, didn't seem like he was trying to, take advantage or just, just, just wanted to get our money. Like he, he's, I mean, I consider him a friend now. Um, I would fish with him again, you know, tomorrow in Brazil. Um, he, he gets a genuine pleasure out of seeing his, his guests and his trip catch the giant fish. He really wanted, he felt he wanted me to catch a big trophy fish that week. Um, I lost a really nice fish. I, I don't, I didn't have it in the video that I made, but, um, mm -hmm. on the last day, um, the last day was a, was a terrible weather. I mean, it rained almost the whole day. And um, my friend, my partner on the boat, he he had enough. I mean, it was pretty nasty. I don't like fishing in the rain, but I stayed out there in it because I said to myself, you know, this was on, this was a, this was a, what was this, a, sad, a Sunday, I guess. I don't know. I said, tomorrow I'm going to be in crappy Newark, New Jersey. I better take advantage of <laughs> every minute I have here. And so he, my, my partner was done. We, we took the boat, dropped him back off at the lodge and it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. I had like two, two and a half hours left. So I went back out by myself with the guide and had the wildest two hours of the whole week. Um, lost two of the biggest fish that I had seen all week, which was fine because it was fun just to have them on one hit a topwater lure. And just was like, I was just so surprised to see how big it was. And it, it got off after the first jump. But um, second one, we were fishing a point off one of those submerged islands and uh, it's throwing the top water. And you can tell, you know, this fish was kind of swirling. You could just see the motion of the water underneath and you knew it was not a little fish. The little ones are, are a little bit more aggressive. They'll kind of jump out and, 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 you know, and make that big splash and everything. The big ones don't do that. So we knew that there was a big fish in this area that was probably, you know, maybe like a eight, 10 square foot area. And we could, I, I saw it several times kind of doing like a figure eight. And so I picked up that second rod with the bucktail jig. And I mean, as soon as that thing hit the water, it, it was mm -hmm. on. And I wish I, I wish I had the jig. It's, it's, I don't have it with me, but um, you know, they told me that these fish could straighten out a hook and I didn't, um, I, I, you know, kind of didn't believe it, but mm -hmm. um, you know, it started pulling, the drag started to peel off and, and then the line went slack and I reeled in and that hook was, had, had gone from a J shape to like almost an L shape. Damn. Yeah. And I, cause I, cause I thought, you know, 
a 31 inch fish, the kind of fish I fish for where I live, 31 inch striped bass or bluefish, um, even a flounder. I mean, there's not, they're not going to straighten out a hook. No way. No. So, and, and these are strong hooks. I mean, I was tying these on like four X half ounce jig head mm-hmm. bucktails. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that was, cr- that was like in the last hour of the last day. So uh, believe me, I was like, I replayed that scenario that night a thousand times in my mind. <laughs> Should I have, you know, what if I had the, what if I had the, the uh, a different bucktail on there with a stronger hook or what if I had thrown my fly rod at that fish or what if it had hit the top water? I mean, you know, I couldn't sleep well that night. Cause it was like, I knew. <laughs> yeah, it was- but that's, that, that's almost the best though. Right? Like obviously everybody loves the good fishing trips, but what what almost keeps us going are those ones, the, those scenarios where like something went wrong and you can be like, well, <clears throat> next time I'll be more prepared because you've, Spent the whole night over analyzing all your life choices at that point. Like, did I really like, did I really need all that wonder bread? I should have gone with wheat more. Maybe that's why I couldn't be able to get them in. You know what I mean? But that's usually what helps drive us. You know what I mean? Like, like, I mean, we obviously, we always remember the good trips, right? But I feel like I remember the bad trips more than the good trips. And and for poor Paul, that's every trip for him is a bad trip. So he's probably having the best fishing experience right now. Hey, at least at least my head's above water and four foot deep. <laughs> oh, 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 he's going for the short joke. We're uh, an hour and 21 minutes into it, and he's decided that he's got nothing to provide, so he has to drop the short joke. Solid, yeah. solid. Hey, solid. I gotta get I gotta get at least one in. And I, I know we got listeners that count. And yeah. so I had to at least get the the one proverbial short joke in. I mean, they were fish longer than you that they were catching, Alex. That's <laughs> pretty amazing. Go. I was if, waiting for it. Look, Literally, he look, was talking you about eighty one of those centimeters. Fish, you couldn't even hold the fish up to get a picture. It looks like GI <laughs> Joe holding up a minnow. That would have been me. <laughs> but it's like you're right. Like you know, like I think like I, I can remember. Like I I used to play I used to play poker a lot, and I I can remember. I can remember all the big hands that I lost. I don't remember the, mm. all the big hands that I won. There you <laughs> go. Right. That's right. The ones you lose, they sting. They yeah, do. but but usually that's what drives us, again, to get better. Like, I mean, so let's say you go out there, and this was your first trip going, right? Let's say what? you slammed, like, three 20-pound fish. Would you want to go again? I mean, yeah, you probably would have. But <laughs> it's even better feel, to where, yeah. like, you... But it's even better. You have the drive. The goal is still in sight, right? Uh, like yeah. you, the goal wasn't accomplished yet. Right, right. And like I said, that's why. Like you never know. Any single cast you make could could be that fish. It's not like where, where, where I fish here in South Jersey. I know when I'm casting the striped bass, where I mm-hmm. the area that I fish, I'm going to get generally eighteen to twenty eight inches. Is is my you know? And that's yep. stripe stripers are more they're longer. They're not as heavy. Yep. But I'm not. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to find a uh, 15 to 20 pound fish back there. Just not. Right. Um, but it's, that's what one of the cool things is. I, I could find a 15 to 20 pound fish in in any one of these tree lines that I cast it to. So um, the the, uh, the 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 yeah, it, it was. Um, that's what kept me. That's what kept me motivated. To keep going. The other the other thing that I took out of that last three hours that you had to fish was that no matter how raining and miserable it was, it was better than being back in South Jersey on Absolutely. a good day. 
Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, Eric, we talked about this. You're supposed to be helping me promote Jersey, not be on Jabberhammer's side with his bullshit. Well, well Eric, you better not post no videos you catching stripers in South Jersey because Alex got raked over to Coles on one of his videos where he posted it. So you got to be careful with them striper fishermen up there now. Well, he doesn't yeah. have to because the next segment that we're going to get to, Eric is actually going to give out all his GPS coordinates. So it'll be real <laughs> easy. That was part of the deal. I forgot to tell him that, but he, you mentioned striper in South Jersey. You have to give out GPS. I don't even, I don't even have anything marked for my, for my back, back base striped bass because it's all by sight. But there are there some. Tomorrow. All yeah, right. There... Well, guess what, Eric? You're going to have to give your address. If people <laughs> want the spots, they're going to have to kidnap you. The whole Actually, deal. just take just take Alex fishing with you, Eric, and he'll ruin it all for everybody. <laughs> I didn't realize how close Alex was to me. He's pretty close to where I fish. That's, he is. Uh, Did cool. you know, uh, so my wife, uh, fan favorite Amandy, when she first started in the post office, Margate, that was uh, – so right? she, yeah, yeah. So she's initially out of uh, May's Landing, but okay. how it works is new people get shipped around. She did like two straight months in Margate. She probably delivered your mail. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Small yeah. World. We're very close, actually. Yeah. Small world. Mm hmm. So speaking of small world, so we're about ready to get to, man, I, I'm going to tell you what, especially lately, our Bass and Brews fans have been real feisty. Real feisty, and specifically, I'm talking about Hambone. Hambone's been real feisty lately. But uh, so before towards we get me. to, what's that? Towards me. Towards All everybody. All his memes are, are like, I don't know what I, the hell I did to Hambone or what I hadn't done to him, but all of his memes... Yeah, I mean, have been straight up tearing me apart, man. I They're love amazing. this great. Don't stop, Hambone. Don't yeah. stop the memes. Anybody, don't stop the memes. The memes have been great lately. But before we get to the patent pending world famous shotgun round, Eric, I want to give you a chance to give a shout out to anybody um, because we're about ready to hit probably the most serious part of this show. Um, and just a heads up, we've had people have their careers elevated. Okay. And then. Uh, after being on this show, we've got at least four people who are homeless in Kensington now begging for a dollar. So um, <laughs> this is your opportunity to let it out. So I, um, is this can I um, can I mention my social media stuff? You, you oh, can yeah, mention everything whatever you want. OK, yeah. so. If, yeah. So I um, my Instagram is where I kind of like, you know, I, I I use Instagram as like my fishing journal. Um, it's like a, for me, it's like a visual fishing journal. Cause I, I actually kind of do look back at it and say, oh yeah, you know, this is, this is the date when I caught this fish last year. So let me start thinking about that. So I, I try to, you know, I'm not like posting every day, but mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I do use it to keep, keep track of, of memorable stuff. And I posted extensively, um, about my trip to Brazil when I got back and kind of outlined the whole trip. Um, so that's a good place if people want to check out what I saw and what I did, and what's um, your Instagram? Yeah, it's at Eric with a K, E R I K, Cohen, C O H E N three three three. There's a link. I, I there's a link on there to. I have a YouTube channel, but it's not really. I'm not like a YouTuber. Mm -hmm. um, I bought my GoPro about a year ago because I knew I was going to Brazil. I never right. had even one before that, and so. My videos are even the one I made from my Brazil fishing trip. I mean, it left a lot to be desired with my editing and volume skills. And I know I'm not good at it. I mean, but I, to me, it was like, you know, it was a way to, to kind of um, 
um memorialize what i did yeah dude it's online for now for forever now that's amazing it's not like you were making a a shitty golf course pond fishing video like a million other people yes you you went to the fucking amazon amazon yeah Yeah. i don't give a i watched it i mean come on now this was a rinky dink farm pond or some you know south jersey fishing on on the shopping cart thing this is the amazon no it was cool i like how it came out i was happy with it like i'm still learning how to edit that stuff i'm you know i'm 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 getting the hang of it um but anyway you did a good job you did i I mean to interrupt you on purpose but yeah the editing was really good i mean you did a good job you should go look at my stupid ass videos (laughs) i mean don't you don't need to they're trash (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that. So, yeah, so if it, so my Instagram um, is a good place if people want to find me there. And like I said, um, I like to talk about this stuff. So if you're curious and want to send me a question um, as, a, as a DM, not an IM, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. That's an applause there. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, nobody nobody wants to hear this stuff in my house anymore. So if people want to people want to chat about it, I'm happy to happy to talk to you and 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 give you some knowledge that I have now as, as someone who's been there once mm-hmm. and who knows a lot more for when I go back. Um, happy to happy to help if anybody's um, if anybody's interested and and um, you know also if I if it's okay the the company that I went with um, yep. the Jungle Fishing Comp is the is the tour group. Um, mm-hmm. Lucas, a guy named Lucas Sanchez is the owner and it's, it's jungle, uh, at jungle underscore fishing underscore is his Instagram. Um, so he does tours to fishing trips to Brazil. The place we went is one of a few different, uh, lodges that he takes guests to. It's not the only one. Um, and, uh, yeah, so great, great. Like, you know, you gotta, do, you gotta do research. You gotta go with somebody that you're comfortable with, who knows the people who knows the language who knows the country if you're thinking about going um don't don't pick something just based on a low price it's not the kind of place that you um that you want to go 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 looking for a discount um you want to you want to not like i said i didn't find it to be dangerous or anything like that but you know i wouldn't take a chance i wanted to go with a with a good reputable company my first time listen i think uh i think you made a great choice except for you could have gone with uh the rock uh and ice cube in my head um other right. than that that would have been the perfect trip but um yes that would yeah. be good yeah all right man we are gonna hit again like i said patent pending shotgun round paul 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 mm. you're supposed to have the sound effect yeah all right we'll, we'll do it again uh, that's because- no that's not it you dickhead <laughs> <laughs> That's All right, ending shotgun round. There but look, is. we can't play breaking glass on the intro to the show, and then I, we got. See, this is what happens. You're here. the one with the people, soundboard. Stupid. People come on this podcast, and then Alex and me start having our podcast husband fights, and you know all our shit gets aired out. And then he's mad at me because I don't have the right shit on the soundboard. I'm mad at you for that. But also I'm mad at you for wearing another podcast hat on our show instead of promoting our own show. Like you're wearing a shirt that I have is I have, I have outgrown and it's not because I grew taller. No, no, it's not. It's you grew, um, you grew in depth. (laughs) I ought to take a a trip to the Amazon and actually drink the water from the, the faucet. 
yeah. and, <laughs> and get and get like malaria or denang fever and then you know lose 30 or 40 pounds and then just figure out how to keep it off when i get back uh and we just keep you in the, the amazon process. how about that we just keep you in the amazon and then i finally get a co-host that's worth their salt and uh, i'll be i'll be set <laughs> hey if that happens i'll start my own amazon oh man podcast. i i hope you guys are watching i just saw paul's face he looked really hurt I think he's going to cry. He looked really hurt. Anyways, we're going to get to the shotgun round. Here's here's how it's going to work. We're going to fire a bunch of questions at you, and we're going to want your uh, – you get about two seconds to answer. We don't need an explanation. We just want your answer on it. And then after that, um, we might ridicule you for it. Uh, our, our listeners probably will okay. because they're a bunch of uh, – temperamental jerks lately um no i'm just joking you guys are the best uh but you guys are still assholes too um but yeah so uh are you ready so some of these are going to be bass fishing based uh so take it how you will okay all right uh texas rig or wacky rig texas nice crocs or flops flops Oh man! So you can tell we're dealing with a saltwater guy. Saltwater, saltwater people... guys love their their thongs. I, I don't even own any Crocs. Oh man, you were missing out on one of the greatest pieces of footwear ever invented, unless you're on a wet, you know, wet, slippery floor, and That's then true. you have a chance at breaking a hip or getting, you know, oh. busting your head open. But outside of those two things, which also make great content if you get it on yeah. film, they're they're wonderfully yeah, they're wonderful shoes. As a saltwater angler, I think I know what this answer is, but I'm interested. Um, are you gonna spend more on a rod or a reel? Hmm. I'll say reel. Especially in saltwater, right? Yeah. That's, like, I would have been surprised if he just said a rod. Well, well, he he could have gone the other way because there's a lot of saltwater guys who will just buy like trash oh. reels because they know the salt's gonna trash it anyways. So they're like, fuck it. I'll just buy a, a $50 reel every four months. Yeah. No, I mean, it's the opposite when it comes to fly fishing. I mean, that reel, I don't really care about. Mm. A, lot times, a lot of times I don't even use the reel. Right. <laughs> you're, you're, you're just out there doing Tenkara uh, ribbon dancing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In a three-hour session, would you rather catch five two-pound bass or one seven-pound? I'll go with the five. There really? It is. Yeah, I see. I you were down there in the Amazon trying to catch a twenty pound uh, fish. Yeah, and but then he, I, said, I, I he said later on. Are you not paying attention? He said later on he likes the rod bend, man. Yeah. I do, but you know, it's still that. He, it, I guess, he, yeah, I guess I'm yeah. at least surprised now that you said that because you did. You a fish head. You just want to feel something on the other end of the line. If if I had the choice between getting invited out to go trolling for tuna. Or or anchoring up on a on a wreck here in New Jersey to catch fifty sea bass. little sea, sea bass, bass for days. Yes. I'm, going, I'm going sea bass fishing. <laughs> sea bass for days. I'll bring them up with their bloated little eyeballs and I'll throw them right back in. No problem. Yeah, I get I get so bored trolling and you know going to, driving ninety miles to maybe catch one fish or maybe not. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> um, pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? No. Oh, my man. No, wrong oh, man. What's funny is the guy who lives in New Jersey says yes, but the guy <laughs> yeah. in Carolina says no. No. Uh, speaking of eating stuff, uh, have you ever eaten beaver? No. Okay. It's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> You've got yeah, beaver up there. All you got to do is find your buddy to go trap you one. 
Okay. You skin it out. Yep. And then you put it on the smoker just like you would a pig. Okay. Just like you would a Boston butt. Hmm. You pull it, put some barbecue sauce on. It's delicious. All right. Uh, slow jams or hype music? Uh, hype. Now, all, all right, right, then we got somebody. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I was right, hoping Eric. that this was it. All right, Eric, you said hype music, man. Um, what is hype music to you? Yeah. Well, I would, I would, I took that to be anything fast paced with a good beat. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, what is that? Oh, for me. If you had to pick a, a CD to talk to put into the CD player, oh, who's fucking old now, Paul? You said you CD. From the the 90s, here, you know, man. you from the nineties, so I'm 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 curious as to what what height what oh, you know, what we'd be boy. banging to. Let's see, God. Um, I how about like like I like like the um I mean my musical taste is all over the place, but um I like the like the like some of the punk like uh, like Blink One Eighty Two that kind of that kind of fast rhythm. Fuck yeah. All right. <laughs> oh man Fuck yeah you know i was at work today and uh <laughs> i listened to like uh like lo-fi hip-hop okay whatever like, like study music right and it was getting long in the day and i was like man i wonder if i can work to yep so i, I put on dude ranch the album from blink 182 yeah and I did my uh, perfectly good defense contractor job, just be bopping to fucking Blink 182. <laughs> and it, it was fucking amazing. It was awesome. Nice, nice. Um, uh, all right. So we got two more food questions. One would be um, how do we phrase? Oh, do you eat largemouth bass? I, I don't believe I ever have. Okay. Mm. Me you, neither. Because I'm not a fucking up. savage like Paul. You have got to up your your eating game a little bit. No beaver, no no bass. He ate I mean, piranha. He ate tilapia. He said, "Listen, we're gonna put it right now in Bass and Brews history." Eric said that the best tasting fish in Brazil was the tilapia. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I used to go like I don't go too much anymore, but I used to go to Chinatown in Philadelphia, and in there yeah. in the restaurants, the live fish in the in the restaurants, you would occasionally see largemouth bass in there. Yep. Oh no, shit. I nope, never they're still one. there. They are yeah. still somebody sent me a picture. Uh, because I lived in Philly for five years. I got tons of friends there, right? Somebody yeah. sent me a picture last weekend where they were restocking and they're not small ones anymore. There used to be like little like 12, 13 inches. They sent me a picture what happened. It had to be a bag of probably like 10 five-pound bass they were dumping into a tank wow. to get ready to like. You know, they, they aerate them, do whatever they can, but they're on display. You can go to Chinatown right now and get bass. I think they're farm-raised. I don't know if they're wild fish because um, I think, I for some reason, I want to say that there was a guy in, in New Jersey or Pennsylvania that was growing them. I, I can't remember mm. if that's true, but I think, I think like, the hybrid, you know, they, they in Chinatown, they get those hybrid striped bass. Those are all farm-raised. Yeah, tilapia, yeah, tilapia, all farm-raised. Now, they do have wild tog in there because they do. Know, yeah, in those in some of those restaurants. But anyway, I've been to those restaurants with the with the largemouth bass as an option. You can get them whole, uh, steam with garlic and and soy sauce. I never got one, but I'm sure it's good. A, you know what? No, look, that's I'll, a good I, idea. I, I, I should take I, bass and brews on the road. Paul should yeah. come up to Philly. We go to <laughs> Chinatown and we have largemouth bass in Philly Chinatown with garlic and soy sauce. But no, no. If we're gonna do that, I'm gonna need to go back into the kitchen and we're deep frying my bass. I ain't no. eating, I ain't eating no damn bass. <laughs> no. 
No, 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 no. Hell it's not no. going to be baked. I, it's probably going to be fried, steamed, it's gonna, or boiled. No. Yeah, steamed, it doesn't yeah. exactly. No, that ain't. Yeah. We eating it fried. How do you I'm know? How, no, fried. no. We're, because we're I'll gonna, go back there and cook it. No, we're going to open my mind. I'm going to deep fry no. a bass. We're going to open my mind to eating it. You're going to open your mind to eating it a different way. Quit being a baby about it, Paul. Then we'll eat it raw. We'll eat some bass sushi one night, too. Oh, my. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. All right, here, here's there, what it is, Paul. Oh <laughs> you come up to Philly, right? We'll do we'll do Chinatown, but then we'll go to the Schuylkill and we'll <laughs> catch some dirty diaper bass and we'll eat those raw on the banks. Okay, yeah. Right next well, to the art museum, so you can run up the fucking stairs and act like you're Rocky, and then you'll vomit all over the yeah. place like it'll be solid. Yeah, we'll live stream eating raw fish and then the next 12 hours. Yes. <laughs> That'll be the uh, 2023 end of the year kegger. <laughs> All right. So this is. I have Eric. eaten um, in Chinatown. I have eaten jellyfish before, which is which is interesting. Yeah. How was how I've seen it before? Oh, I've never. Is it jelly? Like, does it taste like jello? Salty no. jello? Imagine like, um, imagine like a, like a thick piece of linguine. Like okay. It's almost like a, like a noodle. But with a little bit of crunch and a little bit of sesame oil, that's what jellyfish is. Oh shit! That sounds delicious. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. All right, we are going to. So this is the most. So not only is the shotgun round important, right? We're up in the stakes. This is the one that will. This next question, the last one. Um, you're either gonna, you're either mm. gonna be famous or you're gonna be infamous. Mm -hmm. This is how this is gonna work. It's a lot of pressure. So. Every great fisherman loves a good sandwich, right? What are your top three sandwich proteins? Okay. Uh, I would say turkey, Solid. Deli, deli turkey, uh, tuna. Yep. And I'm going to go with, well, one of the things I eat a lot when I'm fishing is is a hard boiled egg. Fuck it, that's, protein. Yes, I think that's actually the first time we've had egg. No, we've had egg salad. <laughs> Have before. we? We've okay. had egg salad, but I've never had a hard boiled egg sandwich. Like just slice the egg and throw well, it. On I, no, I, I think it's talking about just eating an egg. But no, I just uh, yeah, I just take hard boiled eggs out there. They're I put them in a ziploc. They're easy to eat while I'm fishing and. <laughs> <laughs> So by this the end of the Eric... day, when you if anybody's riding home with you at the end exactly. of the day fishing, it smells you know it smells like a paper plant the whole ride home. Just egg farts <laughs> for days. <laughs> Listen, you handled that. I, I I know we talked that last question up, and you handled it like a champ. Uh, thank uh, we've you. had some people who have fumbled that royally. <laughs> so okay. congrats yeah. on not saying spinach, and congrats on not saying cheese. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. It's been like uh, awesome to have you on. I'm so uh, I'm so happy that you came on and kind of shared your story. Seems like you had quite the adventure, and uh, I'm super fucking jelly. Like, yeah. And I think this is. I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've had anybody that's fished internationally, and not only internationally, but also in like the yeah. wilderness. Yeah. The straight up wild. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, when I think when I go back and think about what I did and where I was, it's pretty crazy to think about it now because uh, but but like I said, I, I, I was ready to I was ready to stay for another week. I liked it that much. Yep. No, it's it, 
Dude, it, it sounds addicting. So uh, make sure you uh, update us when you do another one. Like, we'll, we'll have to figure it out, and we're going to have to have you on. Hopefully, you uh, you slay it this summer in New Jersey, and we'll have you back on maybe to talk about it. All right. I, I would love it. So hang out for a minute. All right. I know everybody's going to be like, oh, he's going to cut the show off. He's, you know, he because he's such a dickhead. Welcome to the Bass and Bruise.